Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Hey everybody, hope everyone's doing well today. It's a new year, it's January 6th today, 2021, and I want to start a new podcast series because it's a new year, and I'm going to call this new podcast series Fresh Beginning, New Disciplines. Fresh Beginning, New Disciplines. And I want to talk about exactly what it sounds like. I want to talk about how getting a fresh start. A lot of us do, maybe not a lot of us, but some of us do what's called New Year's resolutions. And uh, 2021 may feel a little bit different than past New Year's resolutions because of the year we just experienced. Maybe a lot of us aren't biting off too much this year going, you know what, I just want to do a few simple things this year because of what we just experienced and the pandemic we're still in. But I'm going to call this new podcast series Fresh Beginning New Disciplines because the great thing about the Lord and the Word of God is that we do get fresh beginnings. He allows us to have fresh beginnings, new starts, a fresh clean slate. And I I believe the Lord wants that for us now because 2020 is over with. We can't change it. It is what it is at this point. Even if there were great failings on our part, there's nothing we can do about changing 2020. So our goal now is to live new and fresh in 2021. And this this isn't about just New Year's resolutions. This is about a new, spiritual, fresh beginning. And the way I want to start this series is by talking about something that we looked at this past Sunday. Pastor Mel uh, did a, he started a two-part series on God's will versus our will. And he's going to look at that this coming Sunday as well. So we're kind of in the middle of the two parts But he gave us a little bit of an opening to that lesson from James 4, verses 13 to 17. And that's the passage I want to read right now and just just tell you what our first lesson about fresh beginning new disciplines is. James says in James 4, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. And Pastor Mel spoke to us about the contrast between God's will and our will and sometimes how they clash, oftentimes how they clash. And I want to think about that today too as we talk about our lesson today giving orders versus taking orders, giving orders versus taking orders. I'm a leader. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I've been a ministry leader for a dozen years. I'm a father. I'm a husband. There's a lot of different aspects of leadership that I have been given. And I'm going to be honest. I love that. I love being a leader because I'm, I'm suited for it. God has built me to be a leader. I come from leadership DNA and I enjoy being a leader. Now, that doesn't mean it's always enjoyable, but I, I am suited for the role of a leader. And I'm thankful that God has called me to that because there was a long time in my life where I was doing anything but leading the proper way. I was setting really improper examples for other people to follow. But So I really appreciate the fact that God has called me to be a, a spiritual leader because I, I don't deserve to be here. And I'm thankful for it. But I'm going to tell you something about being a leader uh, that you only know if you've ever been a leader. It's really, really hard to be a leader. It's very, very difficult. And the reason it's very, very difficult to be a leader, in a nutshell, is because the buck stops with you. 
Now we have a transition in our country, seemingly, we'll see if it actually takes place, uh, between President Trump and President-elect Joe Biden. And that, that transition, again, Lord willing, will take place um, in a matter of weeks. We'll see if it actually goes forward. I'm not a politician. I don't really give myself to politics, but that's kind of where we are right now. We're in a limbo. They call it a lame duck president. He's kind of in this weird limbo period where he's still president, but we have a new president coming in. And, you know, a lot of presidents just take this time off and president Trump is who president Trump is, but it's hard being a leader. It's really hard because the buck stops with you. Now I'm a pastor. I'm a lead pastor. I'm a father of six going on seven children. I'm a husband. And there's many aspects of my life where I have to lead. And it's very difficult to be a leader. Now, sometimes you get glory and praise for being a leader. When, when you make decisions that people like, and when things go well, people pat you on the back and say, hey, nice job. Good job. You're a great leader. We appreciate you as a leader. But there's a flip side to that, that every leader has experienced. And it's when things don't go well and people don't like your decisions. And they come up to you and ask you to explain yourself. Tell us why you made these decisions. Tell us why you said that. Tell us why you did that. We need to know. That was a mistake. I don't agree with it. And I've gotten so many of those, if you will, uh, rebuttals over the past dozen years of being a spiritual leader. Where people have come up and said, I don't like what you said. I don't like what you did. I don't agree with how you operated. And it's hard being a leader for that reason. Because you get a lot of the blame. Uh, In any aspect of leadership in any part of the world, whether spiritual or not spiritual, uh, in the sports world, being a quarterback or a leader of a team, you get a lot of the praise, you get a lot of the blame. Probably an unfair amount of both. And I'm going to be honest, it's nice when there are periods of my life that I don't have to lead. And let me give you an example of that. We just, we're in the Christmas season. And uh, I had, I realized that during the Christmas season, I hadn't taken a break. Uh, I hadn't taken more than like my typical day off since before the pandemic started in March. And I don't even remember when it was before that, but I knew it was well before March. And now it was December and we were in the Christmas season. And I realized I hadn't taken off a day since March. And I realized, like any fool should realize, that I'm I'm not a robot. I'm not a machine. I need time off. And so my brother, who lives in Iowa, was coming into town, and my father, who is my assistant pastor, is is typically always here. So I kind of lined the two guys up and said, hey, brother, Travis, would you be willing to preach while you're in town? And father, my dad, Pastor Mel, you're here anyways, and you're kind of lined up to preach anyways. Are you, are you both okay with preaching the next two weeks so that I can take a couple weeks off because I need it? And they were both okay with that. And they said, yes, my brother said, I'll preach here. And my dad said, I'll preach there. And you can have two weeks off. And again, I, I don't really have training for that because it's been a long time before I took time off, but I needed it. My body and my mind were telling me I needed to take some time off. I don't know if burnout was happening, but I was getting close at least close to burnout. And I, and I said to them, I need some time. I need some time to relax my mind and relax my body. And they thought that was a good idea. And it was nice for two weeks to not have to be the buck stops here guy. 
where I had to prepare the sermon. I had to lead the Bible studies. I had to be on call. I had to handle all the things that were going on. I basically took two weeks off and and it was the Christmas season, so a lot of people had a lot of stuff going on and there just wasn't a lot to do as a pastor anyways. And I actually breathed for two weeks. And there were other reasons I was stressful and busy because there was a lot of family stuff going on, but I didn't have the ministry stresses that I usually do. And that was good for me because being a leader is hard. And what's interesting about James 4 is James is telling us, listen, what are the biggest problems with the way you guys are acting? Because James has brought up a lot of issues in the church. And one of the, re- one of the reasons he's saying that a lot of these things are going wrong in the Christian church is because what we're finding out here in James 4 is th- there's a wrong leader. He says, come you who say tomorrow and today we will do such and such a thing. We will go into such and such a town. We will spend a year there and trade and make a profit. And James says, but you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. And we're going to talk about today about giving orders versus taking orders. What you can tell is happening in James 4 is that they're, they're giving orders to themselves instead of taking orders from their Lord. And although it sounds quite liberating to be your own boss, right? I think that's everybody's dream job is that they're their own boss. And I have it set up here that I'm the lead pastor of the church. And I guess in a way you could say I'm my own boss, even though we have deacons and we have an entire church and I have a the Lord of the universe above me. There is a sense that I'm the lead pastor, that I'm my own boss, and everybody would go, man, that's the ideal job. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not. It's not. To be held to my own standard that I set is a lot of stress and responsibility. Now, when I, the job before this that I had, I was, I was a ministry leader, but I was also working at a campus. I had a boss. And there was a boss over me. And the nice thing about that is I had someone telling me what to do and what my day should look like and how I should spend my time and what I should get done for the day. And I honestly found that to be quite liberating because it was a comforting thing to know that there was someone above me, that if someone came to me and had an issue, a really big gripe, I could say to them, well, I'm not in charge here. You know, let me let me pencil you a time with the dean of the department and he will sit down with you and he will tell you why we do such and such a thing and you could take your grapes to him. So I was kind of like this middleman and I found that quite liberating as a leader for the last 12 years for someone to come to me and say, who's the boss? Who do I talk to? And for me to say, it's not me. It's not me. Here in James 4, there's a problem. They're making up their own rules for their own life and James is going, there's a big problem with that because if you want to be your own leader, You're the buck stops here person, which means you don't have a Lord, which means you don't have a God, which means you don't have a sovereign, almighty director above you. So when anyone has a gripe about your life, you're the one that has to answer for it. Being a pastor, one of the safeties I have of being a pastor is that I get to be able to say to people, these aren't my rules. So when someone comes up to me and says, hey, I have a problem with what you said, I can direct them to the word of God and say to that person, and I've actually done this, say to that person, I didn't say this. 
these aren't my rules. Let me direct you to the one who made the rules and you can take your gripe up with him. That's a great safety for a pastor because that, that means it's not me who's responsible for all of these things. Now, yes, there is still a, an aspect of responsibility that I have as a pastor to teach the right things and to do the right things. There is. But it's such a safety for me to be able to say to others who listen to me and who, who follow my guidance to say to them, I didn't make these things up. This isn't my opinion. This isn't what I would have done as the leader. There's someone higher than me. There's someone greater than me, and we need to listen to him. Now, James is saying to the church, man, you're acting like your own boss, and you think that's quite liberating to say, hey, listen, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town, we'll spend a year there and make a profit. And James is going, there's a couple problems with this. A, your life is a mist. You don't even know. I mean, you literally don't even know if you'll be here the next moment. You could drop dead today, and it has happened, and it will happen again. People have dropped dead without any warning, and it could happen. Second of all, Jesus can return at any moment, literally any moment. And so James says, your life is a mist. You don't even know if you're going to be here today, let alone tomorrow. How are you making plans into the future when you don't have control over your own heartbeat? And he says, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. But I think there's an underlying tone of what James has been basically saying for the last four chapters is when you are your own boss, when you're your own God in a way, when you begin taking orders, excuse me, when you begin giving orders instead of taking orders from your Lord, you get yourself into a hot mess. Because now you have taken the Lord Jesus out of the throne of your life and you've placed yourself there. And again, that might sound quite liberating to go, yes. Finally, I'm my own boss. And I think most of the world says, man, I am my own boss. I don't have a God. I don't have a Lord. I make up my own rules. But how are they going to feel on Judgment Day? How are they going to feel when they stand before the God of the universe, the God they have neglected to think about, to care about, to ask his opinion on anything, and for that God to tell them, you had the wrong boss. You had the wrong Lord. You were giving orders instead of taking orders. And that is not how this thing is done. And now, I hope you're able to save yourself. Because right now, you need a Savior. And you were your own Lord, which means you don't have that Savior. And since you don't have that Savior, all of those sins that you've ever committed are now yours to pay for. And I think what he's saying to us through James is the question, is that what you really want? Do you really want to be your own Lord? Do you really want to be your own God? Is that what you want? When you know everything, when you think about everything, will you have the perspective that you want to be your own boss? You want to be the buck stops here person for every single decision you've ever made. Or do you think it would be nice to have a Lord, have a Savior, have a God, the Almighty God, vouch for you on the last day? For you to be able to look at Jesus on the last day and say, I did what I did because he told me to. And my sins are no longer my sins because he took them from me. And James is, is unraveling this ongoing problem in the church there going, man, you guys are acting like you're still the Lord of your life and that's not a good thing. You're giving orders to yourself instead of taking orders from your good, loving, 
almighty God who can watch over you, who can do everything for you, who can take care of you, who can provide for you, who can vouch for you in the last day. And you've got to be careful because if you're giving orders instead of taking orders, you're a very, very bad leader. And I am too. And I'm not talking about my role as a pastor. I'm talking about my role as the leader of my own life. I am not a good leader of my own life. And the reason I know that is because of my testimony. Growing up for 25 years trying to operate my own life, I made myself a real big mess. A train wreck, if you will. And at age 26, I found myself not knowing which way was up. Not knowing how to fix anything. I was in a real big mess and I didn't even know which way to go. How to start cleaning up. I had made a real mess of myself because I had tried to become my own boss and my own God. And at age 26, in light of the Fresh Beginning New Disciplines series we're starting today, the Lord said, Todd, I'm going to give you a fresh beginning and a new discipline, but you need to do something for me. You need to take those keys of your life and you need to hand them over to me because you are a very bad God. You are a very bad Lord of your life. And if you go one step further in that direction, you may fall off a ledge that you may never return from. So James is saying to the church today, hand over the keys. Hand over those keys. You're saying Jesus is the Lord of your life, but you're not acting like it. You're saying, hey, today and tomorrow I'm going to do this and that, and of course I'll do this. Of course I'll be there. Of course I'm available to do that. And James is going, man, that is not the language of someone who has a Lord. The person who has a Lord says, well, I don't know. I don't give orders. I take orders. Let me go see what my Lord says. Let me go see if his will is that I go into such and such a town and spend a year there and make, trade and make a profit. Let me see if he says yes to that. Because if he says no to that, it's not going to be good for me. Therefore, I shouldn't do it. But James is saying, that's not how you're acting. You're saying yes to all of these things without even checking with your Lord, which means you're holding the keys to your own life. And I know, again, that sounds quite liberating, but it's not. And I'm going to tell you, as a firsthand uh, witness of someone who struggles with the concept of always being in the position of leadership, it's hard when everyone, children and wife and church members and everyone who sits under me, comes to me and says to me, why are we doing it this way? You tell me why. Why did you say that? Why did you choose to do that? Why do we have to do it this way? And every single day of my life, I have to explain myself, not every single day, that's a little exaggeration, but I have to explain myself a lot why I make the decisions I make. And that's one thing on the earth. But if it's judgment day and you're staring into eternity and the God of the universe says, okay, you had your own keys. You never handed them over to the Lord. You were your own boss, apparently. Apparently you're your own boss. And now your mist, which is your life, has vanished. And now all you have left is your eternal destiny. You were your own boss, which means you're your own savior. And let's see how that's going to go. And it's not going to go well. So James instructs us better. He says, instead, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills, if it's his will, if it's his agenda, if he says yes, then we will do it. But let me check with my boss first. Let me check with my Lord first. Let me see if that's his will first. Because if it's not, I don't have the liberty to do it and it's going to be bad for me. 
So let me pause. Let me go talk to him. Let me pray to him. Let me see if it's his will. And if it's his will, then I'll do it. And I'll give you an answer. And we can do that today. But I can't answer about tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't been given to me yet. So all I can do is answer for today. And even then, I have to ask my Lord about it. And James is instructing us to live better than the way we do by by being our own boss and instructing our own selves to live a life here upon the earth. And that's a really big mess. And I've seen so much mess and disorder and chaos in the church when people simply try to order their own lives. And you would think a smart, educated, you know, American person would be able to order their lives quite well. And I'm going to tell you right out, they can't. They can't. 100% of us cannot order our own lives properly. That's why we need a shepherd. We need a good shepherd. A good shepherd who will lay down his life for the sheep. A good shepherd who will feed his flock exactly what they need. A good shepherd who will protect us from the evil that is coming against us. A good shepherd who on judgment day will say to the God of the universe, I died for them. Their sins are atoned for. They followed me. They're mine. They get to go in the kingdom with me. And I challenge you today, in in light of the fresh beginning new disciplines, if you have not yet handed the keys over to the Lord, or if it's been a while, or if you struggled in the year 2020, handing the keys to Jesus and saying, you know what, I'm going to do what your will is instead of what I believe to be best, because I have made a real mess of myself by trying to operate my own life. Take those keys, hand them over to the Lord, who is the good shepherd, who can take care of you, who has promised to love you, who has laid his life down for you, who rose again, who is seated next to the right hand of the throne of God, who is waiting for his church to be brought to him someday, who will stand at the gates of the kingdom of heaven and actually open the door for you. Give him the keys to your life and let him and his will guide your entire life and every decision you make. Because when you do, your life on this earth will go so much smoother. And most importantly, most importantly, you will have confidence that you have a Savior. And that the Lord of the universe is your Savior. And that when and if, not if, when your life goes from this earth, when your mist vanishes, you have eternal life waiting for you. Because the Good Shepherd is also your savior. I hope that's an encouragement to you today. Make a fresh beginning. Make new disciplines today. You can. That's the great thing about grace and mercy. God says, today is a new day. Today is a new opportunity. Confess your sins to me. I will forgive them. Stand up. Let me dust you off. Let me put you on your way, but start to live differently. Set new disciplines for yourself. Give me the keys of your life. And may 2021 go so much better for us than the year 2020, simply because we did it the way the Lord told us to do it. And let's apply that to every decision we make. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Make a fresh beginning, make a new discipline before the Lord today, and start to give orders. Excuse me, I keep saying that wrong. Start to take orders from your Lord instead of trying to be your own Lord and giving orders to yourself every single time, 100%. That will always go haywire. And may you be blessed by giving your keys to the one who loves you. Many blessings. 
Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.